0: Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Today, we have another edition of Conversations in Grace for you. This was a special one where Tim and Jesse sat down with our good friend, Dr. Andrew Farley. Dr. Farley is a best-selling author of several books, including The Naked Gospel and his latest book, Twisted Scripture. He is also pastor at Church Without Religion in Lubbock, Texas. It was a very interesting conversation. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse, and I'm here with our lead Pastor Tim Chalice and our special guest, Andrew Farley of Andrew Farley Ministries. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing great. Good Jesse. Good to be here. Good to see you, Andrew. Awesome. Yeah, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's talk about grace, and I like that topic. Is I'm... it possible for you to have too much grace? Because we know in this um, with what we teach, We see a lot of accusations of license, right? And saying that we can have too much grace and what that can lead to.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, basically the view of grace that we have is piddly if if we're thinking we can have too much of it. I mean, uh, Tim, I, I think the average Joe out there, their idea about God's grace is that it's nothing more than Mercy when you fail, or forgiveness, uh, something along those lines. But in the New Testament, we see a grace that is incredibly powerful and, and equipping, and it's by God's grace that we have victory over sin. So I'm just thinking of the phrase that Paul gives us you know, apart from the law, sin is dead. Uh, sin won't master you because you're not under law but under grace. So that concept is just sort of lost in today's society. We're talking about too much grace and hyper grace and watch out for that grace. And then Paul's idea of grace is that it's a dynamic influence in our lives. It is God motivating us to live upright lives. Titus 2.11, grace of God teaches us to say no to sin. So saying you can have
2: too much grace is like saying you can have too much victory over sin. That's right. Grace is more than a doctrine. It's more than a theology. It's a person, right? That's what Titus is saying. Grace is Jesus Christ. So to say you have too much grace is like saying you've got too much Jesus. You know, it's grace upon grace. John 1 says that the law came through Moses, but grace was realized through Jesus Christ, meaning when we know Jesus, we know grace. We realize it, so there's no such thing as too much grace. In fact, I, I think oftentimes when we when we hear things like "oh, that's too much grace," it's sloppy grace. Mm-hmm. You know, you said it's, it's it's no more than just forgiveness or mercy for some people. I feel like people think grace is this this excuse for sin. Yeah, but actually, grace is the remedy of sin. Right? It's it's not the excuse for it. It's the remedy for it. It's the power not to sin. It's the equipping, as you said, to be able to live as God has called us to live. Yeah, Um, It's grace that gets us there.
1: So if you're living under the law, if you're living under a rule-based system, that prods self-effort. I mean, the law says perform and perform well and perform right now or else. I mean, that's what a rule-based system does to us. But what God's grace does to us is say, okay, suddenly I'm free to let the Spirit of God be the Spirit of God in me and through me. I'm not under pressure. There's no expectation. There's no benchmark I have to hit. There's no number I have to hit in terms of giving. There's no level I have to hit in terms of, of living. So I'm freed up and It seems like what the New Testament is communicating is that in this atmosphere of grace, I start discovering what I really want And when nobody's looking, when the sky's the limit, I start living from my heart, discovering my new heart, figuring Mm -hmm. out what I want. And I figure out that I actually agree with God and I'm on his team.
2: And that's pretty cool. And and it's good. Right. In this atmosphere of grace, we, we not only figure out who we are. We start to begin to see who God is. Yeah. We start to have a different view of what God is like, that God is for us, that He's not against us, that he He's not this exacting and demanding cosmic policeman that's that's or Santa Claus that's you know, keeping a list and checking it twice and he's gonna find out when we're naughty, but we're never nice. Mm. Right? He's not doing that stuff. And when we see grace for who God, for who he is, we see God like he is, that he's good. And, And we start to, our whole world opens up in terms of, wait a minute, if this is really what God has offered me, not some code, not some set of rules to live by and then chastise me when I don't or can't, he actually offers me himself as the person of grace to live an empowered life that ultimately, Andrew, Jesse, what he's really calling us to is love. Hmm. right? Love God and love people. And, and we see that it's only by the grace of God that this can happen. So there's no such thing as too much grace. That's like saying you can have too much love. Um, grace is the person of Jesus Christ. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing. When
0: we say that grace is a person and we, we, we attribute it. Well, we say that that's Jesus, right? Jesus is grace, right?
2: He's the person So Andrew Andrew quoted Titus 2.11. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation.
0: Is that the first time that we see grace in Scripture? Or do we see grace all the way back in the garden? Yeah,
1: I think there is uh, grace, uh, you know, throughout because it's God's character. I mean, God is full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. I think what's unique about nowadays is... We've had, as we talked about recently, we've had the cross and the resurrection bringing in the new covenant, and then Pentecost is the first experience of that new covenant with the sealing of the Holy Spirit inside of people, and then here we are experiencing the same as that. So, um, there is an experience of the depths of God's grace that we enjoy today that I don't think has ever been experienced before. I mean, Hebrews says that we have something better right, than yeah. the Old Testament people had. But obviously, God's character is God's character, and it has never changed. Never changed. But the covenant has changed, and that affects what we Get to enjoy. That's exactly. And that's why we celebrate Jesus so deeply because he brought us something that Old Testament people did not experience.
2: Yeah. So his character has never changed and it will never change. But the way in which he operates with man and relates to man has changed. Yeah. There was an old way and now there's a new way through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where we realize grace. Yeah. So you know,
1: intricately tied to this, guys, is is the issue of the self, right? Mm, right. I mean, uh, that is that is where so many of us go wrong. I mean, for so long we imagine ourselves to be dirty and distant with those evil hearts, and so if you give me too much grace, then guess what you are going to get out of me? <laughs> My evil self More goes sin. amok. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to set world records for sin. If you give me permission, I am just going to run with it and set world records. And that's the average person's view of grace is it's going to be a license to sin, I guess. So we got to curb that and we'll give you heavy doses of grace when you fall. But we don't want you getting... Too confident in right. God's grace because you're yeah. gonna Well that's
0: kind of what I was hinting at because I'm if I'm thinking if if grace was a was there in the garden, if grace has been if God's one of his attributes is grace and I mean we see people sinning even under it, right? I mean it's yeah. not it's not like they didn't have grace and so they were guilty. It's God is giving them grace and causing I mean it's it's like they're sinning more. Mm. More and more and more. We see it all through scripture.
1: Yeah. And so uh, you, you take the garden, your example. I mean, you know, God has had mercy on them, at least you could say, and he's clothed them in animal skins and they're feeling shame and he doesn't want them to feel the shame. And he warned them and he said, in the day you eat of this, you'll surely die. And they went ahead and ate it. So they ha- they were in direct disobedience to him. And then his first thought is, let's go clothe these people and let's go help these people. And yet, even in showing that mercy or grace or kindness, whatever you want to call it, then they continue in disobedience after that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see Cain killing Abel. You see Israel rebelling even in the face of God's kindness. So what is it that's going to be different today?
0: So when it comes to license, we're sinning just fine, right? We don't need a license I mean, we don't need a license. Right. For those who would say that, you know, grace... Causes us to sin more. Right. 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 And more and more grace means more and more sin. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, what is different? I mean, they did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned away from them, says the Lord. And then he says, behold, here's a new covenant. So to me, the new covenant fixes the problem. Under the old covenant, God was good and he was faithful to them, but they didn't return the favor. I mean, they stunk at it. And so what's great about the new covenant is we get to be the new self, and that's where the new self has to come into the conversation. We need to bring the new self front and center, smack dab in the middle of this grace conversation, because we're not saying pour out your grace god all over an, uh, an unbeliever and good luck no we're saying god poured out his grace to us but he also made us new
2: creations so it's a perfect fifth that's right and so many of us have fallen prey to the that that idea you know that um, we're our own worst enemy. We hear a phrase like that, or I hear I've met the enemy and it's me. You know, if I could just get out of my own way, you know, I'm such a I'm such a no good wretch. And uh, when we when we realize that when we came to Jesus, He made us a new self. We realize we're not our own worst enemy. Now that doesn't mean we don't have patterns of the flesh and we don't have um, things that we deal with, but we are not the opponent of God. How can how can we be our own worst enemy? and yet the Bible calls us God's friend. So if you're God's friend, don't, don't consider yourself your own worst enemy because God certainly doesn't, right? Yeah. We're on the same team. We're in the same family. God is good with who he's made us to be. We're a new creation. Second Corinthians says, The old has gone, the new has come, if any man be in Christ. You're a brand new person in Jesus Christ, and yet so many of us still struggle with the idea that God needs to, change something about me yeah. when instead of believing how fully changed God has made me when he made me a new creation.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite phrases lately is that, you know, we're slaves of righteousness. So you think about how real was your slavery to sin? I mean, we would all sign on the dotted lines and say, absolutely, I was a slave to sin. That was not just God's view of me. That was plain reality. I was an addict of sin. I was a slave of sin, and so is the whole world. And let's look out at the rape and the murder and the war and the violence, and everybody's a slave to sin. That's a no-brainer. And then you say, well, wait a minute. The same Bible says that we're slaves of righteousness now. (laughs) So how real is your slavery to righteousness? And just to recognize that we're connected to righteousness, we're harnessed to it, we're addicted to it, we can't get away from it. It's the only thing that really drives us. Everything else will not satisfy to know that you are redesigned from the ground up for one thing another way to put it is you know you're you're reworked in Christ Jesus for good works prepared in advance we say these things as pet phrases we memorize these verses but then 5 minutes later we're saying that we're dirty rotten sinners right. and that we've got wicked hearts so we've got to take hold of the single identity that is truly us and and then recognize, yes, there's sin, but I'm not sin. Yes, there's the flesh, but I'm not the flesh. Yes, there's the world, but I'm not the world. Yes, there's Satan, but I'm not him. So again and again, there's an enemy, but I'm not the enemy. I am a friend of God. I'm the righteousness That's of right. God. I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm addicted to righteousness. I've got. An obedient heart, and I'm only one person in here. I'm not two people. I'm getting goosebumps
2: as you say it. It's such good news, right? We're <laughs> slaves of righteousness, which which must mean then our master is grace. It's it's God, right? That's why Romans 6 14 says, Sin shall not master you anymore, because you're you're not under law, but you're under grace. So this new man thrives lives in grace. and so many so much of Christian teaching is law bashing to try to reform the old man. And if we'd really believe what God said, the old man's dead and gone. I'm a new man, and he doesn't need law bashing. He doesn't need he doesn't need exhorting. He needs expression. He needs encouraging. so so Christian teaching should be to encourage the new man, the new person we are in christ and 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 if we would just, By faith, say, "I believe you, God." Regardless of how I feel, regardless of thoughts that pass through my mind at any given moment, regardless of temptations that the enemy throws at me, regardless of circumstantial evidence at times, I believe substantially you have made me a new person. Mm. This this fundamentally changes, right? Our attitude. It it
1: changes the way that we do everything. So I love that you you mentioned the encouragement because you know. This changes the way we parent our children. Mm -hmm, If we know that they are new creations, then we can encourage that heart. It changes the way that we counsel people in a counseling setting. Uh, We're not just trying to create behavior modification. We're inspiring the new heart. We're speaking to the new heart. Um, it, It changes the way we teach. It changes the way that our friendships are. We encourage each other. Uh, because of the new hearts that we have, so it in cha- it changes every dynamic. It, it changes the yeah. way that we
0: relate to everything. It's a whole
2: new world. Yeah. It might even change the way we live with our spouses. <laughs> yeah, <I> think, <laughs> right. I, I they think can even go there. Yeah. One of
0: the things that that is impressive to me about this message is that I think before in my Christian walk, I, I focused a lot on like, well, when Jesus comes back or the future, you know, what I have held for me in heaven, you know, but mm-hmm. this message, I think. It 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 really points more to the here and now, yeah, yeah, and what we have, in the resurrection power of Jesus that's in us, amen, and how we can walk through this life, and we can offer things to each other. You know, a lot of people when bad things happen, they say, "Well, I can't wait. I just can't wait for Jesus to come back. One just can't day wait for Je- in the sweet one day by and it's going to be great." But guess what? God made it where we can be where it can be great right now. So yeah. Jesus is the. Or we can I experience am. maybe not that it's great right now, but that we can experience a little bit of heaven here on earth mm. through that's each right. other, through the Christ that's in us.
2: He says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. And it's now, yeah, it's, now. it's offered to us now. Andrew, you might even know something about this. You have a book that's called heaven is now. Ooh, right? I like, I like yeah, that. Yeah. It's I like a good it book. too. It's a great book. <laughs> Shameless plug. But if you've never read that book, I encourage it. It is awesome. Yeah, it is but it, but it reminds us that this is available to us. He's available to us right now in a living present dynamic that the goal of the Christian life is not just to get to heaven one day, but that heaven came into us now and we can live from there.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Good news.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming and
1: hanging out. It's been great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Jesse.
0: All right. That does it for today's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find out more about Dr. Farley and his ministries in the show notes for today's episode. All right, we'll be back again next Tuesday as we continue our Christmas series, The Gift of Christmas. We'll see you then.